This is Kanu feeding Henri. It's still Gianni Henri. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another podcast. My name is Mario, as always, and this is the Full 90 Gooner Podcast. We're doing it a tad, tad on the late side, maybe. It's still early week, uh, Tuesday, when we're recording this, and probably it will be Tuesday evening uh, when we um, uh, bust this out. Of course, It's obviously Tuesday evening, uh, but <laughs> in my neck of the woods, I don't know where you guys are. But anyways, uh, that, that was that was a pretty bad uh, introduction there. Damn it, I'm terrible at it. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so I am uh, I am back with another podcast. It was a uh, pretty pretty eventful weekend. I'm not I'm not too upset um, at at, uh, at the way we played, but uh, but then again, um, uh, you know, it it could have been a lot worse, I guess. Uh, but um, to to further speak uh, about this match, uh, I am joined by not only one but by two two awesome gentlemen of course you all know who he is first off let's start off with uh with ryan ryan welcome back to the podcast sir how are you doing well thanks uh for having me back oh it's like not like not like you had a choice but yeah of course yeah it's good it's always good to have you on the podcast because at any point in time you can be like you know what i'm moving on to another club i've signed a seven-year max contract deal Hey, there's, there's ten. There's uh ten days left in the international transfer window. I can't. I can't move within England, but I can move across the continent. So I love um, it. You better. You better up your contract terms, Mario. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to, and especially with introductions like we just had. <laughs> I better step up my game. Oh man. Anyways, yeah, it's good to hear from you. Um, as always, we'll get uh, your awesome insight and input into uh, matches. Um, uh, but wait. But wait, there is one more, ladies and gentlemen. I am so happy to bring back the man, the myth, the legend, the Instagram king, AJ. What is up, my brother? What is up, my dude? It is good to be back with you two guys. Uh, My contract expired. It ran out. Um with full 90 gooner i was kind of trying to find some suitors you know i was looking around (laughs) spain france italy uh even ventured to the mls wasn't able to find any decided i'd just take a pay cut and come back uh to to my roots (laughs) now ladies and gentlemen just to let you guys know we did offer aj max contract for a seven-year deal don't get that twisted here (laughs) it's good to hear from you brother how are you good man it's definitely good to hear from you guys too feel like it's been too much uh messaging on whatsapp and not enough uh, talking in person so it's it's nice to hear you guys' voice voices. yeah it's, it's by, beautiful. by the way r- rumors have that elliot is, is still holding out to become <laughs> joseph martinez's uh, boot cleaner <laughs> for atlanta, atlanta united so they they, they they have yet to acknowledge his uh, emails or texts or <sighs> him, him sleeping outside of mercedes-benz stadium but he's, he's hoping for the move which which is why he, he still hasn't joined us this season so oh, it's man. unfortunate Atlanta United. Oh man, I hate them so much. Joseph Martinez. 
they he's like a god like he cannot do anything wrong not not in in the league like that guy is just a god even though Josie is the god let's not get it twisted ladies and gentlemen it's TFC for life Josie Mr. Bradley Captain Bradley anyways this is not an MLS podcast but yeah <laughs> he's uh, he's definitely waiting to uh, to get that job uh, Ryan is our inside man on that one and he'll continue giving us those updates as we move along. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no. Did you uh, did you guys have a good weekend? Yeah, right? yeah, uh, yeah. Everyone did. Pretty solid. I- pretty solid weekend. Uh, decently busy, but um, got to go to the beach, uh, which was nice. I saw that on the gram. You're 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 having tons of fun, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm only posting the 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 little fun moments. I've actually been super um busy as you guys know how's uh how's the school life is it still going strong oh yeah still going strong in the master's program now um graduated like half a year ago now for my undergrad um so the master's program has been a lot better i've been enjoying it compared to my undergrad but it's still uh just a lot of work i love it oh man i, I was so done with school years ago <laughs> jesus I I still can't believe I know somebody that's still in school. That's crazy. I'm like probably like 20 years your your senior. No, no. <laughs> you're still uh, you're still in your 30s, yeah? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you, yeah, you're chilling then, bro. Uh, early 30s to be exact. Oh. Then early. you're only like 10 years older than me. Oh, they're old. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, um Ryan, how was your weekend, buddy? That- uh, pretty good. Um yeah, apart from the Arsenal results, um, can't really complain. It's still too bloody hot here, and now it's also humid here. So, oh. um, yeah, uh, I, for one, welcome the death heat of the universe as it is already upon us. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's, let's uh, ho- hopefully I'll get to see Matteo Guendozi win the Ballon d'Or before, <laughs> before the earth uh, uh, swallows itself. <laughs> wouldn't, and, that, uh, wouldn't that be a sight? Uh, there we go. It'll be Mo Salah. I'm just kidding. I don't. <laughs> I don't think it'll be Mo. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, it was it was a great weekend. The game the game started off uh, all right, I guess. It was of course Arsenal versus Chelsea, always a highly anticipated matchup. Mister Unai Emery versus Maurizio Sarri. Um, uh, you know, you know, I just wanna, I just wanna before we start, you know that. That uh, sorry, he he looks twitchy. I know that I've heard a lot of stuff about him smoking, and I don't know. I heard some things about like Chelsea was gonna build him like a smoking pit or something like that. I don't know how true that is, but he he was he was animated. Um, just a little side note there. Uh, I I do not know anything about this guy. I know that he came from Syria. I believe uh, Napoli was it. Ryan is it? It yes. was, but more, more importantly. Pray, pray tell what a smoking pit is exactly. Well, like was, you know, like, like a smoking area. I don't know, like a designated okay. smoking area. It's just like a pit. I, and I, just were they, they going to dig a hole under the ground and say, <laughs> "Gaffer, when you gotta have a smoke, please just crawl go, into your, into your into pit." pit. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was just, I was just uh, like, because here, here, I don't know. They call it like a smoker's pit. Like it's not really oh. like a pit, but you okay. know, smoking area, smokers. I don't know. I don't know. I have a lot of friends that smoke. Um, the more you know about the, Canadian lingo. Canadian lingo. Here we go. You guys want some poutine? Um, 
but anyways, uh, you know what? Let's 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 uh, let's freshen things up here. AJ, let's let's get your uh, your side of the story here for uh, for a Chelsea Arsenal match here. Um, uh, what 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 are your overall thoughts on it? Um, I thought that there were patches that we were good. Um, sorry, mentioned the 15 minutes of horribleness on his end. Uh, so the good part um, of the game for Arsenal, I actually thought uh, we created a lot of chances. I think obviously we're probably going to go into the Obama Yang, Mkhitaryan, and Awobi misses. Um, those were all pretty terrible. But the one thing that I'll say uh, to be somewhat positive and try and keep it somewhat positive is that um, all those chances are chances that um, I like to see. I like to see um, our either our fullbacks or our wingers or somebody going going down the line, uh, making that overlapping run and doing a nice just cutback on the ground. Those should be goals every time. If it gets to the striker. Those should be goals every time, unless the goalkeeper makes an amazing save or defender makes an amazing last-minute tackle. Um, I always think that those should be a goal. But I, we scored um, another one from a cutback just like that. So it, it, there are positive signs that at least that's something that, I, that I'm that i noticing Emery is implementing into his game. So I hope that we can just improve on our finishing um, and, take, and put away those chances that we created. Yeah, it, it it was. I mean, once again, it's a it, it was it was a one of those where it was um, ah, like you just you get so upset that it was another loss. But I guess there was a lot of positives, and I think there was more positives in this match than there was uh, from the from the Manchester City game. And and yeah, AJ, you touched a, 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 on those misses that could have been uh, something that oh, you know, Arsenal could have ended like five what four five six up uh against uh, against chelsea but um uh, you know unfortunately misses do hurt in the in the long run um ryan uh, coming over to you what did uh how did you feel about this match overall like uh, i mean did, did did you have confidence that we might get a result out of this match uh going into it um you thought there'd be some points there to be taken um you know, again, Chelsea with a new new manager, new system. Um, although they, you know, look pretty good against Huddersfield, um, you thought it'd be an opportunity to see more of what we've been working on with Emery in the past month and a half or so. Um, and I, th- I think we did see that, but um, I think what we also saw is the system that's still in progress, the players that are still adapting. Um, and some some clear deficiencies that I think we were all worried about going into the season, which was a, which was the defense, the back line, and and um, you know hemorrhaging chances, which which we have in the first two games. So um, it was a mixed bag. But I think again, we talked about it. I think we have to remain patient. Um, I don't think we're going to see this best Arsenal side for you know another couple months, and. You know, so in between, there's going to be some rocky performances. There's going to be some drop points, and um, we have to realize where we're at. And we're not a club that is in the uh, state of mind or capability to, you know, title or challenge for a title. So we we have to realize where we're at, and we're building back up to, you know, compete for a top four place. And you know, you can you can be upset that we're we've dropped. The first two matches, rightfully so, but also realize, you know, it's against City, it's against Chelsea, and we're there's plenty of football left. And I think um, 
you know, we'll have still have a strong, strong shout at, at that top four uh, race. And, uh, you know, um, there's some good signs and we got to build off that. Yeah, there's uh, there's it's it's definitely too early to start writing the team off, um, even though that uh, our, some of our fan base can be a little uh, edgy at times. But uh, you, you did mention a lot about the defense. And I wanted to ask you guys, um, as I was watching the game and, and, and I didn't watch it live, I watched it late on Sunday night um, because uh, it's still it's still summer here and we're still enjoying uh, our trailer season. So I watched it uh, Sunday night. Um, but uh, just noticing such a high line, um, Arsenal were playing and it, 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 it was very ineffective. Obviously you saw those first two goals coming in. It was just, um, it, it was, it was, I don't know. I just didn't like the high line and, and that, that Arsenal were playing, but, um, Ryan, would you say, I, I don't know if it's just me, but I thought the defense was a little better uh, than the Manchester City game. I don't know. Did you did you get that? I just thinking yeah, that Monreal I, slotted in there nicely. Uh, yeah, I think I think Nacho. It's kind of funny going into the you know in the summer we talked about um, who's going to be our left back, and and I think every it seems like every single season Nacho gets underappreciated, mm. um, and then and then he plays and he gets kind of rightfully appreciated as the season goes on. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously coming back, he was with Spain in the world cup and picked up a little injury. So, um, I, I think clearly I, now not to say he's, you know, that position does need reinforcing, uh, probably next summer. Cause he's, he's in his thirties, but I think he's clearly the best option there. Um, and he provides not only a coherent, um, attack going forward and, and him and it will be linked up, uh, beautifully, uh, really the whole match and, and, we were just creating chances left, right, and center um, with those two. But uh, I think he does bring some solidity, you know, in the back line. But at the same time, um, you have to defend as a unit. And I mm-hmm. think that unit, the back four, is still not on the same page. A lot of it's, I think, down to individual technical mm-hmm. ability in, in defending, but also the system we're trying to employ, um, you know, we'll get into it for the individual goals, but, um, you see that I think Emery wants, especially the fullbacks to, to pressure high up the field. Um, I think there was two specific cases that you can point to that where it worked out very well. And one where it worked out very poorly. The, 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 the one that worked out poorly was the opening goal where Bellerin chases Willian, uh, in field where I, I, I don't think he has any reason to do that because William dribbling back towards his goal, back into the congested midfield, Bellerin, you know, A, you're not going to take the ball from him. B, you have your help there. So there's no reason for you to follow him into midfield, which then vacates the entire, you know, right flank of our defense. And then, you know, Mkhitaryan's not switched on. He's ball watching one ball over the top. And then Alonzo's in, and then both Socrates and Mustafi completely fall asleep and don't even see Pedro ghost right past them for the opening goal. So um, the positive um, reward for playing that that high high pressure style from the fullbacks is where Mon- Monreal intercepts 
Um, Willian, for our first goal, intercepts, plays it to Wobie, cuts it back, and Mkhitaryan finishes at the top of the box. So you see there, there you see the system there with its it's you know a work in progress, right? It, it's it, and again, I think it's going to take time. Players got to adjust when they need to take those actions, when they need to be aggressive, when they need to pull back. Um, but at the same time, whenever when, when there's no pressure on the ball in midfield, um, and you have a high line like that, and you have spaces that are vacated, you're all, you're always going to be in trouble. So I think that's that's the that's I think the biggest prerequisite to to kind of having that pressing style. If you don't have pressure on the ball, you're just asking you're asking for balls to be played over the top or played in behind, and that that's what I think we're going to see either until the players adjust or we get new players in that are capable of executing that um, tactical uh, instruction. Yeah, because I feel like that's the that, that's kind of the problem. Sorry, Mario. No, no, um, go for it. Go for it with the uh, with the high line because I think overall, just in general, we were. Our, our high line was too high. I think to be in the the opposition's half uh, as a center back is much too far forward, and that's how Murata got his goal really quite easily. Um, so I would say another 10, 20 yards back at least um, they would need to go. But if, if we are trying to play, because even 10 or 20 yards back, that's still a high line. So if we are trying to play a high line, I think the key is that we just need to work on our uh, pressing because – the whole point is, is if we're going to have this high line, we basically need to get the ball within five to ten seconds of having, of playing this high line and pressing. If we don't get the ball in five or ten seconds, at some point the other opposition will find a, a player who will be able to look up and spray a long ball over our over our defenders, or look up and play a through ball on the ground um, in between our defenders, splitting them, or even just f- weave away through. Um, using the other attacking players that they have on the pitch. So basically I just think we need to improve our pressing if we do want to play this high line. So until we do improve that, I wouldn't employ as high of a line um, because I think that that's just going to leave us too vulnerable, especially in this transitional period where we really aren't that good at pressing yet. And we don't really have a cohesive pressing system. It's a lot of the time one person goes, everybody else stays back. And then once it shifts over to a different spot, the next person in that kind of quote unquote zone runs forward. Um, That's somewhat what you have to do, but you always need another player supporting in that uh, press because when it's just one person running, then you're just, we're just wasting our energy. um, And we don't really look that we, we don't intimidate oppositions when we press. Whereas I feel like when we have the ball and teams are pressing us, well, uh, we are intimidated. Yeah, it's also I think it comes down to risk and reward, right? Like you saw the occasion talk, you know, when Monreal intercepts the ball, he's he can read that, he's got enough time to read the pass and he's got a, he's got a he's got a head start on the on Willian and he knows I can get there and get the ball. But when our fullbacks start chasing the players mid-dribble while they're already retreating, there's no need to there's no need to chase there cuz a you're not it, it's a it's a low reward, high risk maneuver because what you're doing is vacating all that space. And it happened to us in the second half a couple times on Montreal's side where he, again, chased the winger infield. Um, his covering man, um, whether it's a Wobi or Mkhitaryan or Zozel out there, if they're not, if they're not on the same page automatically and they're not sprinting back to fill that, to fill that gap, 
all you have to do is play a ball over the top or just play the ball on the ground into that space for the overlapping fullback. And now you got a, now you got an odd man rush because the, the defender took a low reward, high risk decision by, um, um, you know, coming in field when, you know, there was really no benefit to do that. Do you, do you think um, AJ, I mean, I, I don't know if, I don't know if it was just me, but like, I, th- I just thought there was a couple of, of, of players that were really poor this match. And, you know, since we're talking about the defense, I think Bellerin was one of the weaker ones in defense. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, do you, do you think it's, and I, and I know that we, we've been talking heavily on Bellerin and, sort of how he's plateaued um do you do you think it, it it warrants or it merits Licksteiner starting in there from from what i've seen just seems more of a solid uh player uh in defense uh, kind of also you know like we've been speaking about kind of well that's what arsenal's been lacking is that um you know that sort of pit bullish raw dog type of uh defender yeah, um, I definitely think that there is a case for Licksteiner to come in and start over Bellerin. The only thing I would say is that I think if there was a game to potentially start him, I think I would have started him against Chelsea because um, I thought Bellerin was extremely poor against City. Um, <clears throat> I thought his defensive, his defending was still very poor against Chelsea, um, but I thought going forward he was a little bit better. He, he, um, him and Mkhitaryan every now and then would, con- but, um, our next game is West Ham, then Cardiff, then Newcastle. So there's a few games in a row that are winnable for sure. And I think if their games were, were favorites, I would be inclined to continue starting Bellerin just because I think in games where we need, um, where play where we're going to be playing against teams that are going to be playing uh, very defensively against us and and trying to not have a score goal, we'll need those kind of overlapping runs from Bellerin and those kind of on the ground crosses that he was doing against Chelsea. So, uh, not in the in the next few games would I particularly start Licksteiner, um, but I think definitely we'll see how Licksteiner fares in the League Cup and the Europa League games, and once he does well in those, which I'm sure he will, and if Bellerin kind of doesn't step up then i would say in a few games from now i would i would bring him in and start him over bellerin but i just think for right now we're playing against uh, three teams that we can definitely beat so you might as well keep the more attacking fullback option for right now especially because he is one for the future and you hope in these three games if he can build his confidence he can kind of push on but um, I do think that there is a very strong argument to have Licksteiner come in because when he came in at left back is not non natural position um, against City. He did, he did, uh, he was like the best fullback we've seen so far this season. I know it's only been two games, but um, yeah. So I, I think I, I would start him, but not for another few games at least. So that obviously that position is not it's up for grabs, so to speak. Like it, it can go either way. So if Bellerin continues to have, uh, like let's say let's say he starts to have a good run of form, definitely he will be obviously the the number one go to. But then you know Licksteiner comes in, or he completely blows it away. Or are you still under that same? Well, you know we can play Licksteiner certain games, and then we can play Bellerin certain games. 
Um, well, I, I think they are going to both have to play a good number of games, and I think it will likely be that Bellerin plays the Premier League games and Licksteiner plays the Cup and Europa League games, um, which I'm okay with, and I think that that's probably going to end up being the best system. But I, like I said, if Bellerin doesn't improve in the next few games, then I would flip that and I would have Bellerin start playing uh, in the Cup and Europa League games and have Licksteiner come in for the Premier League because we can't, we kind of can't wait around too long. We can afford a few games of Bellerin to maybe bet not even bet in, he's been in the team and starting for so long, but kind of come back and start getting back into his form. We can give him a few games to do that, but after a few games, if he's still defensively as poor as he has been and positionally as poor as he has been, then I would have to bring in Licksteiner because we need a little more solid base, especially because the rest of our defense, is, besides Monreal, is basically shit. Hmm. Uh- Ryan, um, going over to you here in terms of uh, team selection. Um, so obviously we saw Ramsey was dropped uh, due to due to a, an injury. Um, it will be come on. Uh, Ozil moves into the uh, into the middle there, um, and then it's pretty much status quo. Mkhitaryan starts. Yeah, he starts on the same flank, I think, right as as, as Manchester United as Manchester City, um, yeah. and. Any, uh, anything, I mean, still no, no Torreira and Lacazette still starting off the bench. Um, why do you think that is if, if they, there was some effective, uh, linking up between Obama Yang and Lacazette and during preseason or does that, doesn't matter? Well, yeah, that, that's, I think going to be the biggest question going forward. One of the biggest questions is how do you, how do you incorporate those two or, or do you incorporate those two in, in the same starting 11? Obviously the decision to include a Wobi paid off. Um, I think what we were trying to do, I think we did effectively well in the attack, which was to attack um, those kind of mid wide areas um, with, with Mkhitaryan and a Wobi um, that we had good success there. So I think that was a, a smart, whether that was, you know, uh, scouted out on film that Chelsea were susceptible there. Um, I mean, you got Alonzo, who's a good, very good attacking fullback, but he's really more of a wingback and defends like one. And Aspilicueta, who's used been playing center back for the past, you know, two or three years. So, um, you know, I think we exploited that well. So, I mean, t- question on Torreira, he came in second half, um, and I, I still, th- I still don't think he looks fully match fit. Um, mm. I think you're seeing a lot of guys who came off the World Cup start very slowly and kind of sluggish. Um, you know, Ozil being one of them, of course. Um, I think the big, probably the biggest takeaway uh, from the starting eleven is that Guendozi starts again, and not only does he start, he's probably arguably the most involved player on the entire team in terms of touches, in terms of tackles, interceptions. He's just he's. You, if, if you didn't know anything about him, you know, if you're just looking at numbers and you're looking at performance, um, you would think he was in this, you know, had the same experience as an Aaron Ramsey in terms of matches played and involvement. Um, so that, that, that's a good sign. I mean, I, I, I think he's, he's already, I mean, we kind of do this with new players and young players. We hype him up a lot, but you can tell the kids kind of already got a cult following, you know, the long hair, the kind of, uh, lanky stride and but 
confidence he shows, the, the, the ability to, to ask for the ball and to get on the ball. Um, you know, the pass, the pass to Bellerin, um, which set up the Oba, uh, Oba chance was, I mean, that was, you know, Fabregas-esque. It really was just kind of that 30 yard, you know, eye of a needle, um, pick out Bellerin on, on that, on that flank. That's, that's a high level, um, not only vision, but execution on the pass. So, um, I think what Emery is going to do overall is he, he's going to, he's going to play these players. Um, the guys who are guys who've started your, your, you know, your Mustafis, your Socrates, your Jacques, your Ozil's even, uh, even your Obama Yangs. And he's going to say, okay, here's what I need from you. Here's what I expect of you. Here's, here's, here's the system we're playing. Show me that you understand what, you, what I want you to do and that you can do it. Um, and if the players don't do that, I think we're going to see changes, like I said. And then I think what AJ said is spot on. He's going to keep playing Bellerin. He's going to keep playing these guys because, um, you know, you don't want to judge them off too difficult matches. You also want to see how they impose themselves against against weaker opponents, such as, you know, West Ham and Cardiff coming up. So um, I think they're going to they're going to have the ability. They're going to get he's going to give them enough rope to to, to hang themselves, so to speak. Um, but also see who, who's capable of executing his, his tactics, who's willing to. Um, I think, I think the handling of Mesut Ozil is very telling. Um, you know, he, he kind of challenged him after Manchester City publicly in his statements and he hauled him off against Chelsea, um, on Saturday, which, you know, we've been used to guys kind of being untouchable under Arsene Wenger just because, you know, they, they couldn't get subbed off or, uh, they couldn't get benched because of, you know, who they were or their reputation. Um, and I think we're seeing a different, different regime in that sense where, Hey, listen, if you're not performing, if you're not executing and you're not being involved in a positive way in the, on this match, you're not going to play. And I'm going to find, I think why, that's why you've seen Gwendozi start both matches. He, he was, he was active. He was involved. He was energetic against city. He got rewarded with another start against Chelsea and he performed yet again. So I think, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised maybe if Torreira doesn't start. I, I think he looked slow. He looked kind of like the occasion was a little too big for him. Um, you know, he got robbed on the ball. He was kind of slow in possession. I don't think he was used to getting pressed in his own 18-yard box uh, in Italy. And then he lets Marcus Alonso run right past him for the, for the winner. Um, so I think... You know, it'll be interesting to see if he if he does start or if, or if um, you know, Emery sends him a message say, hey, we, we need you to be better, and until you are, you're not ready to start for this team. So I, I think I think these are all good signs. Now they're coming from negative results, but I think overall that's going to encourage players are either going to step up and, and meet um, what's asked of them, or they're not and. We'll, we'll struggle because of it. We don't have a lot of options, especially in defense. We'll struggle in the short term, but I think in the long term, he's going to find out who's really, who's really capable of, of um, performing and bringing this team to what how the vision Emery sees it. And if they're not, he's going to find players who who are capable. Whether whether the, you know that means Ramsey's gone, Ozil's gone, um, you know, so be it. But that's that's what it's going to take to change the culture. 
Yeah, I was just I was just gonna, and it's it's a good thing that you like that you mentioned uh, the that change. I was very surprised when Ozil came off. What was it like the sixty something minute? And I was just like, holy cow! Like I'm not used to seeing this. Um, AJ, do do you think this is the the sort of kick in the ass that Ozil needed? I mean, you know, Arsenal uh, Arsenal fans are very split on Ozil. You're either very 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 much pro Ozil, or you're very very much uh, you know he's garbage. Um, do you do you think this is well? Definitely, this is I think this is what he needed. But do do you think he'll respond uh, to this in a positive way? We all know how you know his facial expressions, but it doesn't tell the whole story. Um, I actually have a difficult one with this because yeah, I've been thinking about about that as well. Whether he will respond well to the the kind of tough love that he's going to be getting from Emery, and I think Emery is trying to employ this because I think he knows. At PSG, he lost the dressing room and didn't have the respect a lot to do with Neymar, but um, other players as well. So I think he's trying to come into Arsenal and be like, this is my team. I'm going to play the tactics that I want to play and the players that I want to play. And if they don't uh, follow along with that, then they won't be you know, playing or I'll have to sub them off, regardless of whether he's earning three times what everybody else is earning is at the club. Um, but I think, I think Ozil is just the type of player that once he hits form kind of regardless of the coaching he'll he'll be in a good patch of form for a bit um i think so i think just needs his confidence in in getting some more assists in getting some more dribbles in um but i'm not sure necessarily he's the type of guy to be in love with any manager that's you know managing him uh maybe if it was zidane because that's his boyhood hero but i i just don't see him as a type of guy who um, <clears throat> kind of really takes in everything that the manager is saying. Uh, I think that he kind of switches it on um, at times where not like he necessarily wants to, because I'm sure he always wants to do well and always wants the team to do well, but he, he seems to switch it on more off his own um, kind of internal intrinsic mo- motivation rather than um, waiting for, a manager to kind of get him out of a funk or anything, but I could be reading it wrong. I uh, know it, 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 it'll definitely be interesting to see in the, uh, the upcoming games, how he responds. Um, yeah, because I mean, I was, I was so surprised when he came off. I was like, Holy cow, like <laughs> this doesn't happen. This doesn't happen with Arsene Wenger around. Um, but you know what? I, I, for the most part, I, I liked it. Uh, I think it, it, I, I hope he gets the message. Like Ryan was saying, you know, you're, you're not gonna, if you're not going to perform, then, then you're going to be benched or you're going to be moved off. And, and I do like that. I think a little competition doesn't hurt anybody. Um, let's stick with you, Ryan. Uh, sorry, AJ. And moving on, obviously, the, the two early goals, um, I think we pretty I think we've spoken about it, um, you know, with the breakdown here that uh, that Ryan gave us. And, you know, there were pretty quick goals and in, in relatively quick succession but um after that though you didn't see much from chelsea it's sort of like it almost you know clicked on for arsenal and and, and uh you know we started pressing chelsea a little bit more and and i and i really like that you know like i i think in previous um seasons you you really saw arsenal either switch on which didn't happen very often or they just sort of switched off and yeah we'll get a goal but it really never kicked into gear um I, it was very refreshing to see 
um, you know, those goals being in quick succession. And I, I think I think for the most part, um, Arsenal were on on the front foot. Um, what did you like think in terms of uh, in terms of the two quick goals that Arsenal did? Um, I mean, it was, it was very impressive. Yeah, I think that is typical Arsenal, even under Arsene Wenger. Um, when we would score goals, we would typically score again. I'm not saying every time we score a goal, we score a second one. But if we ever have a game where we um, score two or more goals, it's pretty guaranteed that those two or more goals happened within about a 15-20 minute span. We seem to just kind of um, either be okay throughout the game or pretty poor throughout those games. And then we'll just have a span of 15, 20 minutes where we turn it on because I think we get really confident from that first goal going in so that we usually can get a second or a third. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed watching that period. Um, it did make me frustrated, though, that we had given away two cheap goals earlier on because it was like, and missed so many chances earlier on as well because, well, one of our chances led to them scoring their second goal. And then also just the fact that. Um, they had, they had more of the ball, I would say, and they did have actually quite a number of shots. Um, Czech did well on, on uh, one or two of them where he was needed um, to make a big save. But overall, I don't think like they had as many clear-cut chances as we had. I mean, we had the two goals we scored and then the Aubameyang miss, Mkhitaryan, and Awobi miss. So, and they were all basically the same where it was just somebody running down to the line, cutting it back. Um, those players should have finished that, like I said before. Um, but no, it was encouraging watching the two quick goals in, in, in quick succession. Um, but I was kind of worried that if we didn't get that third goal, that there was always a chance that they would get the third goal, which they did end up doing. And once that third goal went in, I knew we weren't going to come back, um, which was kind of unfortunate. Yeah, it was very demoralizing when that, uh, that third goal went in for, um, for Chelsea, because I thought up until that point, I mean, even like, you know, Arsenal finished the half really strong. And then they, they I think for the most part, they started off on the right foot. The second half, they kept on pressing, pressing and pressing. Um, and then, you know, obviously Chelsea got that that third goal to, uh, you know, basically snatch the three points. Um, Ryan, do you think those early misses for Arsenal, um, even though it's early in the in the season, you think they'll, they'll those will come back to haunt us? Like, I mean, you got to finish those 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 games. There's no excuse, is there? I mean, I, I don't I don't think that's going to be a common occurrence where you see Obama Yang, who I mean, look look at his goal scoring record. The guy, if nothing else. He knows how to finish from those situations. I think it's just a complete fluke that he misses two extremely good chances. <laughs> I mean, you look—you can look at Ozil's chance. That was a pretty good chance. Definitely a higher degree of difficulty. That, that was the first one, Mkhitaryan. Um, another glorious chance that completely skies. Awobi had a good chance on a cut, all from the same area. That that cut back, you know, right around the penalty area. Um, I mean. Yeah, in any other game, I mean, those, those are 9.8 out of 10 chances, right? That not, you know, 9.8 times out of 10, those are at least hitting the frame, if not going in for a goal. So, um, I'm more, I'm more encouraged though of the chance creation than I am discouraged of the lack of finishing. I, th- I think it's probably safe to say those, those are anomalies and 
I, you, you back Obama Yang to finish those next time the chance happens. Yeah. They, um, I, it, I was just like, oh man, we, they were great chances. And unfortunately oh, they, yeah. they, they should have, should have been four, should have been four goals, you know, mm. in the first half. Yeah. Um, so it, it, again, you got, I think you got to appreciate the, uh, you know, spots we're getting in. Um, and, and I think that's, that's the thing that's going to carry forward. Yeah. There's, there's definitely some really, uh, and, and this is generally what I was thinking of when, when I wanted to talk about, you know, this match It's not so much that yes, we lost. And I think you hit it bang on when you said, yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, you're, we were sort of expected we're still trying to find our way but i think the more and more we're progressing and we're progressing uh towards the good end and i think there was more positives uh and we continue to build on those positives and eventually the results will come it's it's just a matter of trying to find um how, how we all fit in uh to to the you know the pieces in in the in the puzzle here so I do like that overall. I think the only other point that I really wanted to talk about this match, unless you guys have anything else, and by all means, uh, feel free to bring it up, um, is, is Xhaka. Um, I was talking to some of my friends that, uh, you know, that one's a Manchester United supporter, and the other one, of course, is my brother, who's a Spurs supporter, and uh, another one who's a Chelsea supporter. And, and they're all much dissing. Uh, you know, they, they were asking me, what's going on with Xhaka? And I... I pretty much basically the same the same thing i think i'm done with this guy um I, I don't know man he's he was he's been so poor um i just didn't like his play he got a stupid yellow card um i don't know i'll bring it over to you guys and we'll start off with you aj uh, like where are you with this guy like are we still waiting to see what Jacka's all about or is he just gonna be this just careless you know guy who I just I don't I don't see it from him. No, I agree with you. I'm I'm pretty uh, um, over it and at the end of of my patience with Jaka. Um, I think that there could potentially still be a player in there, but um, every basically every game that hope is fading because he's not he's he's already um, what twenty four twenty five now. Um, so this should be starting his peak years. He uh, basically, if we go over his qualities and deficiencies, he's got no pace whatsoever. He he likes a tackle but isn't good at it. Um, he is sometimes overly aggressive and can be rash. You know, he's not intelligent, and when he's picking up his yellow cards, he's usually going in because he's annoyed that he either lost the ball or whatever it is. Um, he's great at a long pass, probably the best on our team and, and one of the best in the leagues at, at playing those long balls, but doesn't <clears throat> either seem to do them enough or I don't know if that's our forward's fault for a lack of movement, but it seems like he, he doesn't do that enough because that's basically his, his only really big quality. And I don't know if we can afford to have a midfield in which... Um, the only the only quality that he's bringing to the table is is his long balls, especially when we're a team that doesn't even usually use long balls that much, or or it's difficult to use. So, I would I would definitely bring in Torreira 
um, for the next game. I, I would I would not play Xhaka for a bit. I would have El Nani over Xhaka and um, if if we weren't trying to play Terreira yet. But um, yeah, I think if we are going to go with this kind of four two three one, those two holding midfielders, I would have to throw Terreira and and continue uh, Guendouzi there as well. Um, I think. Both of them have been a lot better. Sorry, Ryan, what were you going to say? Uh, did either of you guys notice what was one of the biggest differences in the first half to the second half in terms of uh, control of the ball and chance creation between when Jocko was on the field and when Torreira was on the field? Um, kind of, what? It's kind do, of a rhetorical do, question do because we did fuck all in the second half which, without Jocko. Um yeah. So, so I'm going. I'm, I'm just gonna. I, I agree with all of your points of, of his criticisms, which are valid. Um, I think he gets a. I think he's one of those guys who, like Ozil, he has a reputation based off of probably some unfair stereotypes about him. Um, you know about the, the rash tackling, and he's. Uh, yes, listen, he's not. He is, he is quite slow. He's easy to pressure. He's not good in open spaces 1v1. I, I just think you look at what he does bring. It's, it's not his long passing, per se. It's his line-breaking passing through deep. That if you, if you look at our second goal, look where it starts. It starts with check, playing across the back, gets to Xhaka. Xhaka plays, plays the key pass that breaks that midfield line. Um we don't have anyone else who's capable of play, playing those passes from that position into those uh, penetrating positions up the field. We just don't. El Nene is not that player. We don't. I don't know if Torreira is that player. Um, as we've seen now, he's definitely not up to speed and ready to be that guy yet. Um, so I, I, I think, I think the criticism on Jacques are a bit harsh. I think if you look at the second half of last year, he was arguably one of our best players, if not our best players. Um, and I think we had Emery's got to find a way. He's got to decide can can you play him and and protect him, where he's not, you know, on on his own island trying to defend in space on the counterattack because that that's where he will get exposed. There's no question. Um, also, yeah. you need to, also, you need to protect him when in possession. Um, under under a press he can't be the guy who is going to wriggle out of pressure right that that's probably got to be a Torreira or Guendozi. um so can you play all three of those guys together in a three um where you get some protection you get some mobility with with the Torreira and Guendozi, but you still have Jacques's key passing ability and and ability to play out from the back and dictate tempo front with it with possession um so again that begs the question okay if that's the case um obviously emory likes guendozi so we get you gotta you gotta figure he's not you know not the first name on the team sheet but you know if the first two matches are any uh record uh he's certainly you know up there um what does that mean for ramsey um what does that mean for obviously an ozil what, is it, what does it mean for Xhaka or Torreira? I mean, we, obviously we signed Torreira, but does that mean he's going to automatically start every game? And, and, you know, maybe not. Maybe not in the first year, right? Maybe maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Um, again, it's all it's depending on how these players adapt, how they react, and how they fit, how the, how the manager wants to play. Um, but I think, I think Xhaka 
is going to be a key component in integrating Emery's style, just based off his ability to, again, uh, create from deep and to dictate tempo. I don't, I don't think there's a player midfielder who, who can really do that uh, other than Jaka. So that's why I think, I think we have to hold off on saying, you know, again, the criticisms are fair. I'm just saying I, I think he provides something that no one else does on the team. I think I agree with you. Um, definitely, that was a good point. And and it's mm-hmm. not just the long balls; it, it's the uh, the you know midfield splitting line um, uh, passes that split the lines, you know, um, into our our attacking players. So I think that's definitely a good point. That's something that you're right that we don't necessarily have, or that we don't know yet. Like obviously, we saw Guendouzi play a beautiful ball to. Bellerin and we've seen it a couple times from him but it's still much too early day, early days for him to make too much of an assumption about how good he will be on that front um, Torreira same thing and again but, again now Zaka also coming back from a from a long World Cup I, I think I think he's looks a little sluggish and sloppy from things he normally is good at which is is, is passing accuracy uh, he's been a bit off the pace just like Ozil's been off the page pace with his touch um, Torreira's been off with his kind of alertness and awareness, right? So again, I think we have to let's let's wait another three four weeks till they're, you know, fully back in in, in match form, and then I think we'll be able to get a better idea of, of how all these players are going to integrate and fit the system that we have. My only worry, though, is uh, sorry, really quickly. My only worry, no. though, on this is that. Um, I just think our team. I know, and it's look. It's only been one transfer window, um, so you can't expect miracles from uh, Emery yet or anything. But I just think our team has so many, di- so many different players are good in different systems. You look at our our center backs, and they're best in a back three. All of them need that extra def- central defender as cover, and and we they would look a lot better. Um, our fullbacks are better as wingbacks. You know, Bellerin's a better wingback. Colasinac's a better wingback. Monreal, you'd say, is the only... And Lickstein are the only fullbacks that you would say. Um, probably they're more naturally uh, better just as a fullback. Even though Lickstein played a lot, actually, as a wingback as well. Um, you look at our midfield. Basically, everybody... And when I'm saying midfield, I don't mean Ozil. I'm going to throw him with the attackers. I'm just saying midfield, like that kind of core... Uh, defensive midfielder just to central midfielder um all of them work better in a three you look at Jaka. i agree with you that i think it'd be good to have him in the team as he's one of the only creators from deep that we have in this squad especially with you know losing santa cazorla jack wilshire um but if we play a three-man midfield our attack doesn't go well necessarily with having a three-man midfielder behind because Ozil's not good on the wing. One, he's not good on the wing because it wastes his talent a lot of the time and that uh, he doesn't get in as much central dangerous positions as he's as he's best in. Uh, but also, if he's playing on that right-hand side, we basically have no defense on our right-hand side because he's not doing shit. Bellerin's not doing shit so, um, defensively. So that, that, that just makes it difficult as well. Um, so it doesn't really having a three man midfield doesn't really help Ozil, but then if we have a two man midfield with where Ozil's able to be that number ten um, attacking midfielder right behind the striker, 
then our midfield's not that good. You look at Xhaka, um, Torreira, I think would be interesting. I think that that, that might be the one that, that we'll see kind of going forward more. Um, but you look at kind of uh, Xhaka, Gwendouzi, it's just Gwendouzi looks good, looks promising, but Xhaka has, needs more help than just Gwendouzi. Um, if it's just going to be that two, those two holding midfielders, um, you look at, you know, a Torreira Ramsey or something combo at some point, and that's a lot of energy, a lot of running, which you like, but no fulcrum, no, so no person to, to pass off of. That's going to be that possession, um, based player. So I, I th- there's just a lot of disjointed, um, areas in our squad where w- all our different players, basically our defense needs to be a five at the back. Our, mi- our midfield needs to be a three in midfield and our forward needs to be uh, a striker and three attacking players interweaving behind it. And there's no system that has all of those um, in it, unless we start uh, changing the rules of the game and throw 12 players on the field instead of 11. I wish we could do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, all good points. Uh, I mean, in, in terms of, uh, of Jaka, maybe yeah, maybe it is a little bit too harsh, and um, but uh, I, I just like I don't know, man. Uh, it, it, like you said, Ryan, it's early in the season. Let let's wait. Let's give him some time. Let's give him some time to develop. Maybe this new system and maybe the new manager will give him a chance. But um, hey, e- even even Ramsey, Ramsey might impress us, but. You never know. Uh, I'm lo- I've lost faith in Ramsey. I just, uh, anyways, that's a different topic altogether. But uh, all very, all very great points. Um, before we we move on, is there is there any anything that you guys want to add in terms of the the Chelsea Arsenal match that uh, that happened this past weekend? Thank God, Olivier, thank God Olivier didn't score against us. Oh, I just would have, I would have, I would have broken me as a man. That's a human head. That, my, uh, my 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 soul would have exited my body and, and extended to the depths below, and just I wouldn't be able to take it. So thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you, Pete Check for uh, for saving us from that tragedy. Not only that, but his sexy—I miss his sexy beard. Um, and, he, and he wouldn't have celebrated. He would have did the, the calm the calm down celebration. Yeah, oh, I, I, just, I, I I wouldn't have been able to handle it. It would it would have hurt me very much. <laughs> um, all right then. Well, I guess let's let's uh, do a preview of the uh, West Ham game and uh, closing remarks, and, uh, and we'll call that a pod. Um, obviously, we're going to play West Ham uh, this coming weekend. Um, they Super are very Jack. Yeah, the the return of uh, uh Mr. Jack and uh and uh, Lucas Perez. Uh. Both teams, oh, and Fabianski, uh, both teams um, are have started off the season very badly with two losses, uh, but but surely, surely, um, we should be able to beat West Ham. Now, a lot of people have been saying, yeah, yeah, you know, you're gonna you're gonna beat West Ham, no problem. But but uh, nothing is for certain in this league, as we know, Manchester United. Ha. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, uh, start us off, AJ. Um, h- how do you see this match playing off? Who who are you who are you putting on the pitch? All all of that good stuff. Um, I definitely see a win for us. I think there's there's no way we can one afford to lose three in a row, but also I just don't think we will. Um, I think we always tend to do just about enough after 
kind of a period of either two losses in a row or or a loss than a draw to pull ourselves back. Um, so I'm pretty confident we'll win. We're home as well. Um, my lineup would be a lineup that I'm surprised he hasn't thrown yet, um, but it would be. Um, I guess I don't. I'm kind of. I don't want to go too much into the whole goalkeeper debate because um, I'm still honestly not exactly sure where I'm where I am with it. But I'd probably just continue with Czech just because he's been playing. Um, I play Monreal left back, Mustafi, Socrates. Unfortunately, we're going to have to throw both of them in at at uh, cent- central uh, defense. Um, I would play Bellerin right back. Um, then our midfield, I would drop Xhaka and I would play Torreira and Guendouzi. I would be a little worried about that. It is a lot of, there. well, one, that's good. There's a lot of energy, but also, like I said before, not that fulcrum. And like Ryan mentioned, maybe not that player who can split the lines as well. Mm. Um, but I also just think we need that energy and a um, little bit more dynamism uh, in that midfield. And I think those two players would, would be a fun... Uh, pair to see play Ozil in his number 10 favorite position behind um, uh, Lacazette who had play up front I'd play Aubameyang on the left because those two haven't played together from the start yet this season which has been very surprising for me I mean if you look around if you look around Europe we have two of some of the best strikers in Europe Real Madrid are still playing Benzema 32 year old Benzema <laughs> I'd rather have Giroud if I was Real Madrid. That's how bad they are. I won't. I won't stand for Benzema slander. I won't. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I won't. I won't stand for it. He he is absolute shit now. So I don't know how we we've, we've managed to get Aubameyang and Lacazette in in this last year um, with with no other teams like the Real Madrids or Bayern are going to have to start planning once Lewandowski either gets old gets too old or leaves. Um, Chelsea's isn't even that great. I mean, you know, uh, they had to buy Giroud off, off us as a backup. Um, United's have not been doing well uh, so far this season. I know it's only two games in, but they've not been doing well. Obviously, City and Liverpool are great, and obviously Harry Kane for Spurs is great. Um, but, I mean, we have some of the best two strikers in the league and if not uh, in the whole of Europe. So you have to you have to play them. Mm-hmm. Um I, I, w- I would have to start them. And then on that right-hand side, that would leave probably Mkhitaryan. I actually thought Awobi did decently well in patches. I think he's a little bit more of a continuity player. You give the ball to him, he'll he'll likely be able to um, find another pass. But my only worry is, is that he's just sometimes too too slow on the ball. He is, he's, he's very good at, at controlling the ball. He's strong. He has a good dribble in him for uh, how big he is, but he's just really not that fast. And there are times where, um, although I think his vision can be good, um, a lot of the times he just has a few wayward passes or easy passes that he messes up. So I probably would start Mkhitaryan then on the right as well. Love it. Love it. Um, Ryan, what do you uh, what do you think of this game? I mean, super easy win. I'll keep it real simple. West Ham are absolute shit. <laughs> we could smash them by four goals, and we'll probably lose 2-1. Cheers. <laughs> I love it. Uh, any changes to the lineup that you would want to do? Or just keep it the same? As long as, long as Mateo in my blood starts. 
Mateo uh, in my blood. That's, that's all. That's all I'm here for. This for me, this season is just a season long Mateo Guendozi uh, fan <laughs> f- fan pod. That that's that's all I'm worried about. Nothing long, else matters. Long long live Mateo. Mateo Guendozi in my blood. Guendozi. We should just change. <laughs> we should just change the name to Guendozi in my blood pod. <laughs> it doesn't matter if he's an Arsenal uh, base player or not. Uh, do you think? Do you do you think our uh, our ghosts in Wilshire and Lucas Perez might come to haunt us at all? <laughs> oh, probably. I'm, I'm I'm certain of it. Um, <laughs> now, I mean, honestly, listen, West Ham are god awful, um, and if we can't absolutely dominate, destroy midfield that consists of Jack Wilshire, all due respect to the lad and Mark Noble, then we deserve we deserve to be relegated. So um should be one of those we dominate the ball, plenty of possession, create plenty of chances. It's a matter of are we a calamity at the back and do we give them goals? I think that's the only way we don't get a result here is if, you know, we're caught out, everyone's going forward, Mustafi and Socrates are doing God knows what and <laughs> You know that that that's really the only way um, we'll I lose. see is dropping points. Yeah, I love it, and just and to, it's uh, it's entirely possible. So stay it could, tuned. Yeah, it could happen. Anything happening in the league? I mean, look at look at Huddersfield uh, versus Manchester United. Terrible. Uh, two digs in. Uh, um, but no, interesting, interesting. Just a little quick fact. You know, when you said that uh, surely we can't lose three games in a row. Uh, this is the first time Arsenal has lost to the, their opening two matches um, in the league since it was formed in 1992. Thank you, Martin. What? No, it wasn't Martin Tyler. It was John Champion uh, this weekend. Uh, I think he said that. Was it John Champion? I think, well, for me, it was John Champion, I think. I forget who it was. Anyways, yeah. that's that. Yeah, it was John Champion. Um, all right, boys. Uh, uh, closing remarks. A- any anything else you guys would uh, would like to get off your chests, uh, Ryan? Mateo in my blood, <laughs> Wenduzi in my club. <laughs> I love it. Uh, AJ, you. Um, good to be back with all you guys. Uh, really enjoyed um, speaking with you two and getting some. Uh, arsenal stuff off my uh off my chest you know and uh i'm gonna have to go back to the gram you know keep keep plugging those uh pictures out because i'm famous you know i love it i love it you know what it was uh it's better it's it's always better when uh when there's more people uh talking so hopefully we can uh we can bring that out uh more for everyone else uh yeah just just uh, you know uh, as always ladies and gentlemen uh we appreciate you guys listening uh follow us on all of our major social media stuff it's it links in the description obviously i'll uh, uh, i always plug the boys in here uh join our discord uh it's it's in the link it's it's in the description you guys can talk to us uh, ask us questions it's just a it's more condensed it's better than twitter and facebook and all that stuff i don't, I don't know if you guys are interested in that definitely do check uh check us out there uh also follow us um wherever you get your podcast we're on apple Podcasts, stitcher uh anchor.fm and the cool thing about anchor.fm is if you follow us there you can send us voice notes um and we can put it on on the pod and uh just you know have have your say on there i think you can record up to five minutes uh and uh and yeah if it's uh nice and 
clean and positive and you know we can't can't really have uh, you guys slandering or doing any sort of uh, naughty things uh we'll put it on the pod and uh and and have your say uh, as always, guys, uh, on behalf of uh, AJ, Ryan, Elliot, who hopefully he will be back, uh, and myself, that has been another Full 90 Guna podcast. Thank you for listening, guys. We'll be back next week uh, to uh, talk to you about the, the West Ham uh, match, as always. Thank you very much, guys. We the Gunners. Peace out. Peace. Hi, Peg City Guna here. Um... Hopefully I'm getting this before you guys do your podcast. Uh, I know it's Sunday morning, um, but how awesome was it to see a halftime substitution and a change? Like, I haven't seen that in over 20 years for Arsenal. You know, I know we lost. Uh, I saw the two equalizing goals with a Chelsea fan. It was amazing to push them over and say, ha! But, uh, you know, it's going to take time. I think we've got uh, we've got a good thing going. Uh, we just gotta be in it for the long haul. Just be in it for the long haul. Anyways, glad that you guys are back on the air. Can't wait to hear your next podcast. Cheers.